if we're going to talk about joy, one of the first things I, I need to have is some kind of a definition. And so I thought, well, where should I go to uh, find out what that means? I took a look and I found joy, a whole page in my concordance. I think there's over a hundred, hundred and plus verses in the Bible where joy was about uh, having new children when the harvests were good. The joy of the Lord should be your strength. That there was really no tidy little description about what this joy is about. But that's It's amazing when you take a look at the number of Christmas carols that we sing. Uh, how many make a reference to Jesus coming with the word joy? As a trained teacher, uh, as I was preparing to speak today, I thought if we're going to talk about joy, one of the first things I, I need to have is some kind of a definition, some kind of a description as a foundation to talk today. And so I thought, well, where should I go to uh find out what that means. And I thought, well, let's look at the back of my Bible. I'll take a look at the concordance. So I don't know if you can see this. I took a look and I found joy. And basically when I took a look, a whole page, a whole page in my concordance had a list of verses. I think there's over a hundred, hundred and plus verses in the Bible that, uh, that describe or have joy in them. It was staggering, really, that there was that many uh, verses in the Bible that, that speak about joy. And then I also, as I was looking, I found it's different reasons. There was so many different reasons that joy was being used in different contexts throughout the course of, of the Bible stories. There was things where joy was about uh, having new children. Uh, there was joy talked about when the Song of Solomon about having our spouse there was joy talked about in other circumstances. If God gave the Israelites victory in battle, they were joyful. There was joy when the harvests were good. There was joy when David brought the tabernacle back into Jerusalem. So it wasn't like there was just this one situation where you could put joy in in one particular little box. And then I also found out uh, in poor circumstances, they were talking about joy in the Old Testament when the exiles came back uh, and they were rebuilding the temple. At the end of it, they were all around, sort of moping around going, man, this temple is not even close to the original temple that was here. And uh, they were told, the joy of the Lord should be your strength. So even in the middle of a disappointing circumstance, joy was still the message from the prophet. Uh, if you go into the New Testament again, James, consider it partly joy, no, consider it pure joy when you have trials of any kind. So we have this joy um, that is applicable when situations are good. We've got joy that apply when situations aren't so good. Paul talks about being joyful in his life when things were miserable. And I mentioned Hebrews today. We're going to come back to that at the end. Hebrews 12, uh, 2 says, For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Like that's... Joy, for the joy before him. There was something in the joy that was set before him that was so 
powerful that that enabled him to endure the cross, suffering its, its shame and scorn. So what I was finding was that there was really no tidy little description about what this joy is about that we celebrate at Christmas. I went to, to commentaries and I would read like three or four different commentaries. And what does biblical joy mean? And they all had some common things, but there was nothing that was almost exactly the same. So it's sort of like find, trying to find a moving target coming up with this description of what biblical joy is. However, I did find that there was three things that were sort of consistent throughout that I'd like to hopefully encourage us uh, with today. And the first one is that biblical joy is a gift. Biblical joy is a gift. And biblical joy comes from the Lord. Biblical joy, it's supernatural. Uh, Last week, Phil was talking about Galatians, where it says the fruit of the Spirit is joy, love, peace, patience, self-control. These are things that we cannot create on our own strength, on our own abilities to create biblical joy. John 15, 11, uh, same discourse actually that Phil talked about where Jesus said, I, I give you my peace, not as the world gives. A little later on in that same conversation, Jesus says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Biblical joy is a gift from Jesus, from the Lord. The second thing about biblical joy is it's a choice. Biblical joy is a choice. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Choosing joy in some situation is a decision I have to make. It's sort of like a spiritual muscle that I have to choose to exercise, especially in situations where circumstances aren't so good. Uh, Fruit of the Spirit is love. I can choose love. It's easy, easier to choose love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It's easier for me to love people when the relationships are going well, to be loving, to be patient, to be kind. A little different when relationships are going a bit sideways. That's when it's up to me to choose love. It's not about how I'm feeling about things. It's that I choose. I choose to be patient. I choose to be kind. I choose to try not to keep a record of wrongs. As I make those decisions over and over, over time in difficult circumstances, that becomes weaved into my character. It's, it's not about how I'm feeling about it. It's just become joy becomes part of my character. Love becomes part of my character as I choose love in those circumstances. Same with self-control. Uh, easy for me to choose self-control if I'm looking at a plate of broccoli and thinking, mm, yeah, I can say no to that. Pretty darn easy. Uh, a little different for me to say no to a nice big cinnamon bun sitting on the plate beside me. A choice, a choice I make, exercising my spiritual muscle in self-control. Choosing patience. Was that even possible to choose patience when I'm stuck in that lineup on on Sea to Sky? 
But the last one I'd like to talk about today is choosing joy. Again, it's certainly easier to choose joy when the circumstances are good. It's easy to choose joy when I'm just welcoming a new grandchild into the world. Uh, it's easy to choose joy when I've got a promotion. Uh, it's easy to choose joy when I've just married the, the person of my dreams. These are all situations where choosing joy is, is easier. But we've already mentioned actually in a few weeks earlier. But for many, choosing joy can be a challenge during this Christmas season. For many people, choosing joy during the Christmas season is a difficult thing. This season is difficult for lots of people. And I think there's some reasons for that, why choosing joy can be difficult. I think some can be something like unrealistic expectations over the season. I call it sort of the Norman Rockwell effect where we see these pictures, we see these cards, and we see these scenes where it's beautiful, the snow is soft and fluffy, the houses, the inside, the outside, the Christmas trees lit up. You see the picture of the, the turkey in the middle of the table with all the beautiful decorations around the table. You see families sitting around the table with smiles, enjoying a great Christmas meal. Families in harmony, families smiling. Or in the case of our family, it's the movie Christmas Countdown, which starts sort of like November. I don't know if any of you are familiar with these movie Christmas Countdown, but every night there's like four different movies on up until Christmas, but each one's the same. It's the same idea. We have beautiful decorations, uh, beautiful settings. There's usually a, a conflict between two of the main characters. There is at the end this beautiful resolution. Uh, they have this beautiful kiss at the end to seal the deal. And it's everybody lives happily ever after. I'm not sure about you, but sometimes I see that as being unrealistic expectations for how a lot of us are living our and experiencing our lives. I think some other people, it's a difficult time because they're experiencing mourn and loss. The table is just not going to be quite the same because a loved one or a friend isn't going to be there this year to share. Or maybe it's been two years or three years or five years that this time of year is very difficult for people as they think about the loved ones and friends that they've lost. It could be estranged relationships, it could be broken relationships where families are not getting along. It happens a lot. Friends, family members, broken relationships. These can be realities over the Christmas season that just fly in the face of the Norman Rockwell uh, portrayal of what it should be. Or maybe it's physical and mental health issues. People are suffering from physical problems. People are dealing with mental health issues. In these realities, how can people choose joy at Christmas? How do you choose joy at Christmas if you're going through some of these realities? I'd like to finish with reasons that we can look and choose joy at Christmas. And I think it's found in Luke 2. We can find some help with 
how do I choose joy at Christmas? Luke 2, verses 8 to 11. I'm reading from the NIV. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. And here's the punchline. I bring you good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. How can we choose joy at Christmas? The angel said, I bring you. It's personal. It's a personal good news message. Good news of great joy. It's a positive message. We lean into the positive message for all people. It's universal. This good news is universal. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter where you're headed. The truth of the matter is that God loves you. God is with you. And that God is for you. The second half of Luke 2.11 says, Today a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And here we can choose joy because we see and are reminded of Jesus as our Savior. Jesus as our Savior. I don't know how many of you remember a song called Create in Me a Clean Heart. One of the lines in that song says, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And I think this Advent season, as we take a look at, at biblical joy at Christmas, that line comes to me that God wants me to be in a position where I say, God, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation in my life. This idea of salvation, of spiritual salvation, is so much more than being saved from hell. So much more than being saved from hell. Eternal life, when I ask Christ into my life as Savior and Lord, eternal life starts at that moment. I am living eternal life today. And Jesus has saved us from a number of things on the cross. Jesus has saved us uh, from our sin. Jesus has saved us, given us freedom from our guilt. Jesus has given us freedom from bitterness, from resentment. We have freedom from addictions, and we have freedom from fear of death. These are all things that help me to be able to choose joy even in the middle of circumstances that might not be so positive. Jesus also has saved you and me for a purpose. It's not just get saved and I'm going to heaven. He's left us here. He's left us here with a purpose. The Great Commission, go and make disciples. Jesus says, be my witnesses across the globe. He's left us here with a purpose. Rick Warren has wrote a book, Purpose Driven Life, in which he says we are shaped to serve Christ and others. And within that shape, he says that S is for the spiritual gifts that we're talking about. The H is for our heart, the heart that Christ has given us. A is for the abilities that were given at birth. P is for our passion. What are you passionate about? What am I passionate about? And he is for our life experiences. And God can take all those things and put them all together 
so that we can be effective in carrying out the purpose that which, for which God has, has created us for. Talk about having meaning in life, talking about having purpose in life, talking about having joy. If I can focus on, on those realities. And then finally, Jesus has saved us by something. His death on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. So I go, how can I have joy? How can I find joy at the cross? And I, my answer would be that the same way Jesus did. The same way Jesus did. Hebrews 12, 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the question I ask myself is, what was this joy set before him? I was like, I scratched my head. So what, what could this joy set before him that was so powerful that he was willing to go to the cross? And I think I might have said earlier, I, I'm saving this part. I think it's the strongest, most powerful part when I was getting prepared to speak today. This is the best part that I've saved till last. What was this joy set before him? And I have to read that this is the passion translation of what that verse means. I'd like to read it to you. This joy set before him, this was the joy of our salvation. The joy of our salvation was the joy that was set before him. He placed before his eyes the bliss we would forever share with him. He was thinking about spending eternity with you and I and how good that was going to be with our father, with our brothers and sisters forever. That was the joy that enabled him to endure the cross. Like, I, he was thinking about me. He was thinking about you. That was his joy. That was his joy in going to the cross. I can't, I can't believe it. This empowered him to go through his agony. Instead of remaining in heaven's glory with the Father and all the angels, he chose you and me as the joy set before him. He desires you and I to the point of laying down his life. He pursues you, not seeing your weaknesses and your failures, but what you will be. That was the joy that prompted him to become a man and give up his life. I read that and I'm, I'm still, it's almost impossible to believe. Again, that that joy that was before him was he was thinking about me and he was thinking about you and spending eternity together. We talked about choosing joy during this Christmas time and that for some it's easier, for some it's a bit more of a challenge. And my prayer, my hope at the end of the day is that choosing joy is going to be rooted in the fact that Jesus loves you. Jesus gave his life for you. Jesus is going to and wants to spend eternity with you. Luke 2, 11, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Today a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Joy to the world, the Lord has come.